when we talk about grief and losing people and like death and stuff, the way, see how we found similarities and, you know, breaking up with a, a loved one or a partner. Also, I have a lot of friends who are in prison and depending on how long they're serving, that's another type of grief because you've again lost someone. Like, you know, you can physically visit them, but it's not the same. You're going through life and you're moving on and you're building memories that people that you care about aren't part of. Hello, Dead Talkers, and welcome to the very last episode of 2023. Happy holidays, happy new year, all that good stuff. I want to thank you so much for tuning in, for listening to all our content, for sharing our episodes, for writing positive reviews on the podcast platforms. Because of that, we've had some really great growth this year, and I'm so thankful because this platform, Dead Talks, has become my life. This is my life's work. I hopefully can continue to give you good content, to continually push the lines, to share more people's stories. And again, all because of you, the listener, this continues to exist. So I can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart. AJ Tracy is actually in London. This is one of my first international episodes I've recorded. We talked about a lot of things, specifically about collective grief in a sense, because there was a fire in a very tall high rise in London in 2017, which took the lives of a lot of people. And this was AJ's hometown. So he talks about the effect it's had on him, on the community in London and all that comes with it. So let's get right into it. Thank you again. And I hope you enjoy the very last episode of 2023. AJ, again, I want to thank you so much for doing this. Of course, bro. Thanks for having me. Of course. And as I mentioned uh, earlier, I think the one biggest, one of the biggest lessons I've learned how precious time is. So if you didn't even take this opportunity to have a conversation Likewise, like this. Likewise, bro. Likewise. I appreciate you taking the time to come and have a convo with me. For real. And um, I did want to give you the the segue of, you know, the different topics that we can discuss in regarding to loss. I know there's one with the Grenfell fire that you said hits very close to home, literally. Um, but before we, we tap into that, just for, you know, this might be a different audience base for you. What do the people need to know about you? About me, um, I'm 29 years old. I'm from West London, Labrogrove, so not too far from here for context. We're in Fulham. <laughs> um, yeah, I make music. I'm a rapper, but I'm more of an artist. I, I make beats as well, occasionally sing. I'm not the best singer, but I give it a try sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, that's me. That's me. Um, I wouldn't say I'm heavily into politics, but I'm definitely politically involved. Obviously, I vote and I make conscious decisions based on the information available. Um, I encourage other people to vote, you know what I'm saying? And I'll say, I'll speak on a topic if I feel like it needs speaking on. So I think that's kind of me. I love that. And I, I think with Mike, the conversation seems, it might get slightly political with the fires. Mm -hmm. um, I would love if you kind of, you know, popped off on that wherever you feel comfortable. A, I also, I think, educate people on what exactly happened and then we kind of, you know, go from there. Yep, cool. Sweet. So if you want. Yeah, I'll jump in. Yeah, no problem, bro. So I think it's a topic that's very close to home while staying on this topic of, you know, death and stuff. Um, I think Grenfell Tower, anyone who's from this area, not just Labrogrove, but like the surrounding areas and obviously the whole of the UK, but in general, like our local community of West London, the tower fire basically um, started from an electrical appliance, I believe. And obviously, I don't know, have you seen the tower? Yes, oh, not, in, not in person, cool, but, but it's, it's a big, you know, residential, you know, like the projects. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. So, um, um, obviously, because it's in the area, like the hood, you want to call it the hood, quote unquote. So, Majority of the people who are in that building are, you know, ethnic minorities, you know what I'm saying, blacks, Muslims, Moroccans, a lot of people, that's what make up my area. So in my personal opinion, um, when the tragedy happened, which was caused by, as I said, electrical appliance started on fire, but the cladding on the outside of the building wasn't safe for, you know, human living situation. So I guess it's meant to be, you know, um, it's meant to withstand heat and fire and all sorts of uh, natural and, you know, human-made disasters. But I guess... Um, it was flammable. So probably the complete opposite of what you want on, you know, 
residential um, living spaces. But basically, the people who put the, the, the cladding on there had multiple warnings saying, this isn't appropriate. You know, you, you guys should probably use different cladding. Ignored the warnings, didn't really care. And um, I think the start, the good starting point for me is that um, no one's been arrested for it or like <laughs> got in any trouble for it, which seems insane. You know what I'm saying? Because um, a lot of people died and... It's, it's something very close to home for everyone around here. We feel like some sort of justice needs to be served, but we haven't seen anything. And it's been a while now. Um, that we have a walk on the 14th um, to commemorate what happened. You know, my mum always goes on a walk. If I'm if I'm in London, I'll, I'll go on a walk. Everyone comes out and goes on a walk. Loads of artists and actors and everything. It's nice, it's like solidarity. Um, but I think the, the main thing I want to touch on about this topic is the fact that um, for me, for me, this might be, I don't even think it's a controversial opinion, but some people might look at it as a controversial opinion. But if the tower block had, you know, affluent white people in it, then I think it just wouldn't have ever had that cladding on it because, you know, their lives would have been valued a bit more. And that sounds quite harsh, quite dark, but I, I do believe that's the reality. You know, the ethnics are in there, the blacks are in there, the Muslims are in there. We don't, like, it's not that serious. You know what I'm saying? They can fend for themselves kind of thing. And that that is really how it feels because the community, in the community, we love each other and we love our own community. We love ourselves, but I don't think we get any outside love from the government. You know, it's Kensington and Chelsea. So that's, you know, rest in peace, the Queen, where the Queen's borough is, the King's borough now. So you would have thought there would be more, you know, things done to look after the people that need it in the more impoverished bits of our borough. But it's not really like that. They closed down the youth clubs, which we obviously need. And, you know, I don't know if you've heard much about London and, like, the violence here, but it's pretty violent. I'm not, you know, I'm not glorifying it, but it is what it is. And it's so violent that there needs, something needs to be drastically done, and this all ties in because, you know, the governments, what they're doing is they're deleting things that we need to help the youth. And, you know, closing youth clubs, if you're a young kid, like, as me as a young man, a young kid even, I didn't really have anywhere to hang out. If I wanted to be with all my friends and we wanted to do something, if it's not a youth club, then we're going to be in trouble. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be doing something antisocial. And where the anti-socialism comes into it is like the government should be doing things to tackle that and give people a safe space to enjoy and be kids and just be happy and safe. But they're closing those down. And, you know, I'm not going to go super crazy political, but they put the funding into all the wrong... I can't say the wrong things, but things that, you know, they should be a bit more considerate of the people who live in the more impoverished parts of the area. So I, I do think since no accountability has been taken for what happened, it's just a, like it's a stain against the government, to be honest, and a stain against our country because, you know, people lost their lives, you know, families. It's very tragic and it's something that could have been easily avoided and it wasn't to save money on behalf of people's lives, which is, you know, pretty pretty morbid. But yeah, I lost, I lost a couple of friends in there. Rest in peace to everyone involved. Yeah, it's very, heavy. I, I looked at the photos uh, and that, that it kind of, it took me back because I'm not I'm not very educated mm-hmm. on on this story until I you know I looked into you a little bit and and I researched the fires and the the photos are just yeah they're horrific it's, it's, it's hard to look at they're it's horrific. hard to look at and with that many people that died in one community it's it's just that that's it's a large chunk of the soul of the community honestly yeah these are people of course these are people that you see every day literally every day I live two roads from there so like every, I, I see everyone from that that tower block and that community every day bro. So, so what is that process? Because something with like an event like this, I mentioned what happened with my dad. It's a, it's a I'm not comparing the two, but mm-hmm. it's a, it's a collective, it's a collective mourning. You know, you yeah, know, it's, 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 it's a, a big group of people. Um, it affects a community. And how? What, what was your experience with that collective grief? Let alone your personal grief. Um, for for me personally, I was trying to, um, you know, keep a brave face and not not feel sorry for myself because there are people in a far worse position in this situation, you know, not alone the people who lost their lives, but also people who lost their family members and stuff like that. So I think the whole community was just trying to make sure that the the people who are grieving were well looked after. And that's kind of the main priority that they all, you know, 
they they want justice for one. I think that's the main thing, to be honest. If you want, like, you know, we talk about closure, bro. And for me, everyone's different, but I'm a very logical guy. So for me, once I understand the logic of what was taking place, and there's an end point, like a piece of closure. And I don't say end point, because obviously our family members, I don't know how spiritual you are, bro, but they'll be with you in some shape or form. You know what I'm saying? I believe that. They're with you at all times. I'm with that. Yeah, I, I believe in that, bro. So like, I wouldn't say end point on that, you know, spiritual oh, yeah, aspect okay. of it, but I just mean as in the event. So, you know, that happened, you know, so-and-so lost their life. And this is the end point. So closure for me is really important. And it's it feels a little bit like theft when you don't give someone closure that couldn't easily be found, to be honest. Because if you, again, not to get super political, but look, hold the people responsible who put the cladding on, who ignored the emails and warnings, hold them responsible. You know, charge them how you charge us. If you saw me outside of a spliff, charge them like how you'd be so eager to charge me. Do you see what I'm saying though? Yeah. Do some of that and then we'll get some closure and the community will start building more trust for the government because you're doing things that need to be done. Yeah, and what you just said in regards to that endpoint reminds me of that clip that I saw because you mentioned something about knowing that at some point, you know, you'll, if you want to put quotes out, be okay yeah. or as good as you can be. But you also mentioned how you're a, a logical thinker. I like to think I'm the same way. But when you are in it, when you're in the shit, no matter what you're going through, of it, course. It, you know, you're blinded. Yeah, and you of can't, course, it's bro. hard to say that. It's much easier said than done. I think yeah, that's what course, you said. Um, so what... What do you say to someone that's in it? Is, do you say exactly that? Or is it just kind of, it's, a, it's kind of like a blind faith that it will be okay? Because, you know, I've been in situations that ended up being okay. But, but you don't it, know at the time, yeah, of course. And then in the middle, the middle of it, you're like, fuck, this is just, no, this is never going to end. Not, not to relate um, breaking up with a, a girl to death. No, but, but it's a loss. But the feeling, the feeling is a loss. It feels like you've lost someone or yeah, someone's... And that's a controversial statement because I say that all the time. It is. In the comment section, people are like, you can't compare you can't it. Really I'm not comparing it. Yeah, yeah. But it is, it's a grieving process. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not a comparison, but it's more of, you know, I'm drawing some similarities there. Yeah, and, so, so. and it sucks because that person's still alive. Exactly. Like, I'm not saying it's worse, but yeah. it's like, damn. It's a, different, it's a different pain. It's, yeah. it's a different pain. It is but nevertheless, different pain. it's a fucking so, pain. I think that's why I don't really... Um, See me, bro. Whenever I hear someone complaining, not complaining, but they're down that they broke up with their girlfriend or their boyfriend, whatever, and um, like I don't take it lightly. Like I won't make fun of it. Obviously, there's banner. You know what I'm saying? We of can course. banner, but to a limit. When you see someone still in pain months down the line, you have to really think about the psychological effect that's actually had on someone. Because sometimes, you know, we've all been in relationships and we thought it will never end, and it doesn't. And you're you're kind of stuck. Like the re the memories replay of saying that it won't end. Like the feeling of knowing that this isn't going to end and it being done now. I think that that's the, the hardest bit to go through, bro. But I would relate that to, you know, very loosely, you don't want to offend no one, but to death as well, because like, you know, when you're losing someone, you know, before you felt this pain, you was okay. And you will feel again like that at some point. You have to, at the end of the day. I always say you have to. For me personally, it's not like believing that you will feel like that. Like you have to feel like that because there will be a point where things turn around and you need to acknowledge them. That's what it is. You need to let them come. You need to grieve. You need to accept it and you need to acknowledge what's going on. Sorry, just make sure I didn't miss it. You said you have to allow yourself to feel it or you have to have the faith that it's going to be okay. No, you have to allow yourself to feel. I don't think That's it's huge. I don't think it's a faith, bro. I think it's a definite. And the reason why I say it's a definite is because you literally have no other option because your other option is to live life in this this current situation, this current feeling of pain. Mm. And obviously, I don't know how how you can go about living like that, bro. Uh, that, that's usually, the, the, that's the one thing I've talked, you know, I've had over 100 episodes, talked to a lot of people and the feeling it process, I think sometimes it takes people a minute to, some people are quick, they they know to allow themselves yeah, to yeah. feel it, but it's the the easier choice to distract yourself, do this, that, and yeah, the other, of course. which is can be good in many ways and there's many bad ways to handle it. But once you allow yourself to feel it, because again, I went, I went through that. I'm feeling you a little bit on the relationship shit because I've been going through that for a minute now. And I was one, I don't know, maybe it's based on other experiences where I, I did allow myself to feel it because it's, it's kind of an oxymoron where you, 
want to distract yourself and you think it's making you feel better, but it's it's like a it's like a Tylenol. Yeah, so you, yeah. I'm gonna take this, but in six hours you're gonna feel worse. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta like go through the storm. You literally gotta go through the you storm. You, you can't to. go around it. You have to. That storm might move the same direction. It's just you have to feel it. And and sometimes I think it might be as simple as that, even though I know it's not. But you just go through. It's like I, I'm not, I don't have a history. I can't even relate, but. People go through withdrawals. Bear with me on this, not coming from experience. But when they go through that, that the withdrawal situation of pulling off that shit, it's a horrible, what, few days? Yeah. Or whatever, but that's the only way to get through that and hopefully get away from it. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely believe in you have to weather the storm at some point. Yeah. I think, like you said, like a Tylenol or something, it's basically you can see the storm and by taking that Tylenol, you've pushed the storm forward, but you can still see it. It's still ahead of you. Like, you still have to go through it. You just kind of, you know, pacified it for the time being. What is that process for you in regards to feeling like you just lit- like like logically and yeah. literally? What is your process of feeling I can, it? I can say from experience. So with the Grenfell stuff, I lost a friend that I literally grew up with. You know what I'm saying? Well, loved, respected, a member of the community, hilarious guy, rest in peace, Yasin. But for me, it was like so I wasn't in the country when when it took place. I was in Italy. I was I was working with some fashion stuff. So I had seen it take place. Obviously, my mom and everyone's messaged me and everyone's talking to me about it. And then I came home um, the day after it took place and. What was crazy is, like, the feeling in the community was like everyone was one. Like, every single person was together. Like, nothing else matters apart from what's going on right here and, like, making sure that everyone's okay and we could do the best to, you know, do what we can in this situation. So, for me, man, the process is very different depending on what the the grief is. So, say you lose someone that you're you're in an intimate relationship with, you can find, you know, you could say, I'm going to learn so I can find the good. I can, I can, I feel like that's easier than if someone dies, especially with something like a fire. Yeah. It's like, what is the good from this experience? Yeah, you know, yeah. Like something as tragic as that. What is the, what is the good? And that's the mindset of, I believe even it's crazy to say, but in any, any experience when it comes to specifically grieving and losing someone. And again, I lost my dad on September 11th, horrific event. It's like how, in the moment, especially how could we find anything good from an event like that? It's ridiculous. Yeah, like God course. works in mysterious ways, yada, yada, yada. But what is the good in something like the Grenfell Fire? And even even if you even if you realize what the good is, even if you do find some good, like it doesn't weigh up. It's not a fair trade. You're no, saying I don't care how like even if there is some good, like I don't care. Of course. So um, yeah, with the Grenfell stuff, I guess you know what some of the good coming from it would be if if it had taken place if someone was held responsible and you know we started to implement ways that we can look after the community, especially like the more like impoverished, you know, developing bits of the community. That would be a great positive to come out of it, but we don't have that. So kind of by raising awareness and always talking about it and always putting it in everyone's faces, it kind of keeps it as a, you know, it's like a fawn in the government side because they re- would love to just kind of sweep over and be like, oh, you know, let's move on from that. But it, by not allowing them to move on, it draws attention to it and they kind of have to act right, you know, to some extent. Um, going forward of the issues because obviously now if we find another block now that has the same cladding it's a big deal it's very serious now which it should have been serious in the first place obviously yes. but now they take it like oh we gotta, we gotta deal with this let's deal with this so I would I would that's a positive I'll take from that I'd also say that we saw that our community came together um, you know wholeheartedly everyone was one as I said so that's another positive we know that we had a nice strong community who actually do care about each other we saw um, good parts of human nature because, you know, sometimes you look around, you walk around, you're like, oh, it's bro, London's shit, man. Or like, life just sucks sometimes. Everyone's horrible to each other. Everyone's rude. Like, there's just negativity. But you, there is positives. You always got to remember. The the love outweighs the hate. Trust me, it does. So that's another positive I take from that. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard... I, when I ask that question, it's a hard question to ask just because, again, it's like, what are you talking about? How can you find good in that? But I think... I think those questions are important even in the moment sometimes, and it's hard to do. But I think asking a question 
asking that question to you, I'm hoping people that are maybe grieving now is just like force yourself to look at some positives, even as ridiculous as it may sound. It doesn't have to be even directly related to the event. I think it's just showing some form of gratitude yeah. in any capacity, even though as hard it may be, because you got to do something to, to see the other, to see the light that will eventually come. But again, it's just, it's much easier said than done. I think, um, I think just as a human race, if we go through something tragic and we become a better person for it, and that, that addition, that improvement we apply to our life through the grief helps people in the future, then you've turned your grief into a gift, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I, I think that. so. If you go through something, you gain emotional maturity and you're able to help someone else, you know, you might have gone through, someone may have taken their life and you realize that there's a better way to talk to people and check on them and you've gone and applied that and saved someone else's life. That's a positive. Yeah, and that wouldn't have happened without that experience. Exactly. And it takes time. I, I, for anyone that's listening, it is going through. We ain't asking. I'm, I'm not asking. I'm sure you're not either without assuming what you're thinking. It's like, I mean, we ain't rushing you to that process. Yeah. You just got to, you, you, by listening to a conversation like this, someone who's been several years now, even though it still lives on, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's good to look at other people that have found that because I would like to think it offers some kind of hope, even though that's a fragile word sometimes, you know? I, I think... Um, on this topic, it's funny because when we talk about um, grief and losing people and like death and stuff, the way, see how we found similarities and, you know, breaking up with a, a loved one or a partner. Also, I have a lot of friends who are in prison and depending on how long they're serving, that's another type of grief because you've again lost someone. Like, you, you, you know, you might be able to physically visit them. Hopefully, some people don't even get visits, but, you know, you can physically visit them, but it's not the same. You're going through life and you're moving on and you're building memories that people that you care about aren't part of. And um, it's, it's really a shame, especially... Obviously, we're getting a bit, we're splitting hairs here, but, you know, especially if that person is genuinely, you know, a good person, they got themselves in some sort of situation. It happens, you know what I'm saying? Not all people that are in prison are bad. Of course. And not all people that aren't in prison are good. So, like, you know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, even like that, like, one of my boys is serving 14 years right now. Um, We still speak all the time, you know what I'm saying? We speak all the time. That was my neighbor growing up, my next door neighbor, like, one of my best friends. All my other friends are good friends of him. We speak to him all the time. But the point is, like, he's not here for a lot of the memories that we're building, and it kind of sucks. And I realized the other day I was talking to my brother and I basically said to him, like, don't you think it's strange that the way we grew up, bro, it's like the traumas that we're subjected to growing up in, in quote unquote the hood, it's like it's expected to be normal amongst us. But when you talk to people outside the community, they're like, that's not normal, bro. Like when someone said to me recently, like um, a friend of my family, obviously they're nothing to do with the hood, like they're from very far removed. And they said, oh, I was speaking about one of my friends in prison. He was like, oh, how many friends do you have in prison? I'm like, now or ever? And they're like, ever? And I'm like, oh, ever? It's 30, 40. I don't know how many of my friends have been in prison. But then when they're saying how many people is in prison now, I'm saying I have like five, six friends behind bars that are serving sentences. It's like, that feels normal for me to say. Like when we ask any of the man them, they'll say the same, oh, I've got three friends, I've got five friends, I've got 10 friends. Like that's not normal though. That's actually not normal. It shouldn't be like that. If you, if I speak to my mom, she can say, oh no, none of my friends are in prison. Like that's terrible. I'm sorry for yeah. saying that your friends are in prison. But you know what I'm saying? So when we think about these things, it's like, it becomes a process that you learn to you know, you apply it to all the trauma that you pick up. So, you know, in the hood, if you lose your your the mother of your your child, for example, um, you break up with her. She's still alive, but you break up with her. That's that's a loss in itself. Like, you know, your kid also, you're not seeing your kid as often as you'd like to, you know, spending time with them. That's also a loss. You you know, you put you put it in the arsenal of how to deal with losses. Then you go through a tragedy like Grenfell, you put it in the arsenal of how to deal with losses. Your friends go to prison, you throw it in the arsenal, one of your friends gets shot, one of my friends was fatally shot you put in the Arsenal, like these are things that it's sad, but you know, they, they help you cope with the next edition because there will inevitably be another edition in the hood and that's why it's a, a vicious cycle that 
you know, kind of sucks. But that, is that cycle, does it, does it numb you? It does, honestly, it does. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to sound like Batman or something, bro. No. But it does, it does. Of course it Are does. Are Batman? Nah, I wish I, I, wish I was Batman. Batman bro. Well, I've never been in the same room as Batman, so who knows. That's fair. But um, nah, nah, it does. It does numb you, but it's like, sometimes you have to tell yourself to feel it. You have yes. to tell yourself to, to allow yourself to feel it. Back to what we were saying. You have to. You you actually have to because as you build these mechanisms, these defense mechanisms and these walls that help you deal with grief, what you're also doing is not allowing yourself to feel the pain of the grief so you never fully get over it, in my opinion. I'm not, a, you know, I don't do psychology, but that's that's how I feel. So whenever you put up this, this numbness and this wall, it's like, oh, someone might, this happens to me, genuinely, this happens to me. I might be, with my friends and, you know, everything's going fine, we're having dinner or something and someone will mention something, a piece of trauma I've had and and for a split second, I'll feel like crying on the spot. But and that's because I didn't deal with it properly. So when it's mentioned, the, the trigger within me that I'm trying to force down is trying to evoke emotions, trying to tell me, you haven't dealt with this, we need to unpack this, but I'm not willing to unpack it. So, you know, it becomes, you got you got to practice what you preach. So I also need to start allowing myself to feel more, but it just feels like not feeling it is the easy way to just get past it. You know, I'm going to tuck it away and not acknowledge it and we're going to crack on. But you can't just crack on. Sometimes you need to speak about things, open up, feel feel what it feels like. You know what I'm saying? So not to be a poet or nothing, but when they say like, you don't know how the sun feels on your face until you've felt the rain, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You need to feel both. That's an essential part of life, the, the yin with the yang. So it goes. Maybe that's the next hook for you right there. Yeah, maybe, man. Maybe, maybe. Put me in the booth. <laughs> Put you in the booth right after this. Get me in the booth, episode. bro. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I love what you said about triggers because I couldn't agree more. Triggers, sometimes, that, not to get political, but that yeah. word's used very loosely. Not loosely, but whatever. I'm not, yeah, going, yeah, I'm not yeah. going there. I get you, I get you. But uh, triggers are, it's a little like, yo, what's up? You got fi- mm. to mm-hmm. figure me out because mm. it's, it's something that you didn't work out. Until those triggers get reduced, it's like that's it's just a sign to let you know what's up. 100%, bro. 100%. It's, really, it's like a little uh, subconscious wound that like, it just brings it up. And it's you could keep pushing that off, but no, it just means I, I got to focus on that area. And I think um, it depends. It depends how you were brought up as well. My ethnicity is I'm half British, half Caribbean. Very common mix in, in the UK. My dad's from Trinidad and my mom's from Wales in England. So I'm literally, you know, mix of both both cultures. The the pub, the foot, the football, the soccer, you know, all of that. Going back beers, get me in the pub. But also Caribbean food, soccer, dancehall, whining, you know, all of that. I'm involved, but. For me, it's like, depending on how you grew up, it's how also how you learn to deal with trauma from a young age. So my dad, I did not see him shed one tear about anything ever. And then one time I did, one time I did see him shed a tear. And when he, it was so stark when he did, because I have never seen this man get even like, he might get angry, cool, fine. But he won't get like sad. I've never seen him sad. So when I saw him shed a tear, for me, I was like, whoa, what's going on here? Like, this has got to be the end of the world because I've never seen him like this. My mom, on the other hand, was nothing like that. My mom was like, if she's sad, she'll show you her emotion. She's sad. I'm sad today. I'm crying today. I need to get out of my system. Which was teaching me, you know, my dad was pulling me one way, kind of teaching me, no, no, hold it down. Like, be a man. But then my mom showed me, so you can be a man and cry, it's fine. Like, it doesn't matter. You need to let your emotion out. Which I'm lucky and glad my mom did teach me that because, damn, you need that. Trust me. You definitely That's a good need, balance. You definitely need the balance. I think what, what I did learn, though, from my dad's actions was kind of, Maybe he was trying to keep a brave face on for me, my little brother and my mum, which I, I understand. Because sometimes you look to the most, I'm not saying powerful because he's a man before anyone jumps on me. I'm just saying the, the figure in the family who holds it down for everyone. That could be your mum, your dad, your sister, whatever. But my dad, you know, he's a strong, tall, you know, big presence. So he was probably holding it down so that we don't get frightened about something. He's upset, but he don't want us to, to panic. Because obviously when the strong person amongst you starts panicking, you're all going to panic now. Because yeah. you're like, damn, if he's panicking, I should be panicking. Mm-hmm. You know, like on a plane, I always say, joke with my boys, I say, I'm looking at the 
um, air attendants, the hostesses, if they start panicking about the turbulence, I'm panicking about it. Yeah. Trust me. So yeah, bro, I think, I think, I did learn that from my mum, like it's good to let your emotions out and talk about it. I think that's genuinely, genuinely helped me so much because I also say to all my, I preach to all my friends all the time, yo, you should talk about this. Yo, we should talk about that. Like, how are you today? Like, it, I don't care like, how it sounds, bro. It's actually important because if your friends weren't here, God forbid, and you never checked on them, bro, that I, I hate to say it, but you're not a good friend. I, I'll be honest. It's just as real as that. If you didn't notice your friend was upset, you didn't ask any questions. Come on, bro. You should, you should be looking out for people. Yeah, you know for sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I like to think me and my friends are, I mean, are very... Very honest, couple, very honest with each other, like mm. brutally honest. So mm. if someone's up, we usually call each other out. And yep. I think you you need those people you in your that, life. Bro. Has you to need be like that. that. Has to be like I'm around front with you. I'm, if I'm not making fun of you, I probably don't love you to be honest. Yeah. That's, Facts. That's the same with me. Neither, bro. me they're neither, neither here nor there, I guess. Um, <laughs> you just but, you just don't care, impartial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, I don't know. I expect my friends. No, I'll call it out as it yeah. is. Like it doesn't matter. I think that's important. I think there's too much sugarcoating and shit like that, just in general. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I read, it goes back to like, I think relating. Like, would you rather just take the distraction now and and not really heal yourself yeah. or just you know the truth up front or just be lied to constantly and keep yeah. doing the, the wrong shit over I'm and over again. the truth every time, I'll be honest. Yeah, and it's, it's hard, every it's single hard time. to swallow. It's, but once I'm really in, like, like, hearing the truth now, I'm just waiting, I'm just freestyling this around, so bear with me. But yep. like hearing the truth now sucks in the moment, mm -hmm. but then it gets you to where it, you need it, to be quicker. The reward is better. Yeah, or you can yeah. keep getting BS to keep doing that and then prolong it till one day you figure it out and it goes back to handling trauma or whatever you're going through. It's yep. like, would you rather just distract yourself and keep prolonging that, taking that Advil and keep doing that shit? Mm -hmm. Or would you rather just Hit the nail on the head. Yeah, feel and, like shit for and a little bit now. and just deal with it. Yeah, again, much easier said than done. And and I, I guarantee people are already like pulling their hair out, saying, "I'm going through it now." Like, there's no way that's possible. But I'm just telling you, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is possible. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's why I was. Very, I mean, to keep it real, I was really excited to talk to you, especially you know coming. Like I'm, I'm a big hip hop head, and like, I don't. I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna be more plugged in even more than ever leading up to this into the, you know, the UK, the UK uh, hip hop. Yeah, but, check us out, bro. No, for sure, I have been leading up to this, and I, I like what you I hear. Like, but, uh, you like MF Doom. No, I don't know. No? I don't know. MF Doom. Should I, should I, do I got to get in? Or MF Doom from America, bro. Oh, MF Doom from America? MF Doom? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, MF Doom, legend. Uh, who was who'd you listen to? Uh, I mean, I'm more, I guess, the first hip-hop artist I got into, I'm trying to think what year, how old I was, was Buster Rhymes was the first okay, one I okay, got yeah, into classic, back in the day. Classic. I definitely like to listen to older heads, but I mean, the, the, the guys that I like now. Mm -hmm. I know um, you're going to say Drake. No. No? No, Drake's amazing, but okay. I honestly don't listen to I don't like, I don't, okay, I don't plug okay, into Drake. Okay. He's, you he's, to? I mean, he's fantastic. Um, <laughs> I mean, I like J. Cole, okay, Ke okay, Kendrick. Yeah, okay. Um, I haven't listened to Big Sean in a while, but for a while when he was on, I like yeah. Big Sean a lot. Okay. Uh, you ever heard of West Coast Contra? Yeah, yeah. Those guys are dope. Okay. Those, I think their free, freestyle and cyphers are amazing. Yep. But again, I grew up, I, I, I mean, I guess like, um, obviously Eminem was big back yeah, in then. Classic. That was that. You can't go wrong with that. Obviously, Jay and all that. But in regards to the London scene, mm -hmm. Nothing. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know much. I mean, I, besides looking. No at problem. You, I'll put you on, bro. Don't worry. Uh, put me on. I'll go you. I'll go you. <laughs> I appreciate that. And but what my point was saying, I got distracted yeah. there. Was in regards to talking to specifically you and, and being, uh, you know, a rapper in, in that community. I feel like maybe this this or that culture of rap, this conversation doesn't happen as much. Would yep. you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So I think that's why, especially men. It's a very masculine, uh, macho fueled. Uh, Pretty toxic uh, yeah. scene, to be honest. Yeah, I'm sure you. you've been through it, and it's it's, it's not it, you're not really. I mean, you're expressing yourself in your in your art, but you ain't talking about like I'm, I haven't heard a hook that says like "How are you, my friend?" No, yeah. It's not like that. Yeah, of so not. I, I think it's it's dope that you're actually talking about this because it's. I make sure that people understand, bro. That like outside of music, 
there's topics we can touch on and actually speak about and hopefully there's some wisdom I can share and you know receive some wisdom from other people it's not just about you hear my music and just that's my persona and you take that and that's it because it's not that at all like you know when rappers rap it's also entertainment I'm trying to entertain you but, of course. but let's come let's step away from the, the booth and let's have a conversation we could do that you know what I'm saying yeah and that's, that's it's using your platform and now it should just... be it should be like that you, but I always do say I'll be honest like a lot of people say to me oh it's good that you know you use your platform for you know bringing awareness to good things, blah, blah, blah. Like, that is good, but also, I'll be honest with you, I don't begrudge anyone who doesn't do that. And my reason for that is because I genuinely feel like, bear with me, this is where I slip into my villain arc, yeah? But I genuinely believe that if you worked your yourself to gain your platform, just sweat and tears, no one helped you with anything. No one's allowed to tell you what to do with your platform. I'll be honest, that's my honest opinion. Because it's easy for me to say, oh, you know, you got a big platform, you go talk about X, Y, Z. But if they don't care about that topic, it's not for me to... They made their own platform. If I have a problem, I should make a platform myself and I should speak away. That's my honest opinion. I think, you know, morality-wise, you should be doing that, but you don't have to. It's not... You know what I'm saying? It's not like no one could be upset with you for not doing it. I'll be honest. That's I my agree. There's so, much, uh, there's so much heat that celebrities and oh, you know, people, people in your position that Some, get that because so, like, why are you talking people, about this? Why and what people don't that? understand is sometimes when you talk about a topic, it's quite hard because you could be this big rapper, you speak about a topic that you genuinely are informed on and you're giving your opinion and trying to help people. You know, you're, you've got good intentions. Bam, you lose free brand deals. You're not getting shows for the next two years. X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Now all of a sudden, your people that you're providing for are in jeopardy because you spoke on something like that that's a that's a risk that a lot of people don't want to take that's real and the thing is I'll take the risk you know but they calculate the risk also so the Grenfell thing no one can stop me from talking about Grenfell because that's my area and I'm going to talk about it regardless I don't care what Randall isn't happy with I don't care but there's obviously topics that are less closer to home and I'm less educated on that I wouldn't go out my way to speak about and risk you know putting people I provide for in danger that's just the reality that's the real life we live in I'll be honest yeah, that's a decision that people don't really see. But that yeah. make, I mean, that makes sense why there's certain topics that are way more, yeah. you know, Touchy. hot and cold yeah, that you course, can't really yeah, course, I understand bro. that. Of course. But I, but and, get, and just some topics in general out in public, it's like people aren't fully educated on topics themselves. Forget me being educated on topics. Like the general public's consensus on an issue might be currently wrong. And as they gain more information, they'll come to the right conclusion. Sometimes you might be educated on something and the public are not. And when you attempt to even, especially as an ethnic minority, try to... You, they're going to kill you. They're going to kill you. So it is a conscious decision I think a lot of people need to make based on, you know, their situation. Because me prodding someone and saying, hey, talk about that, talk about that. They might not be educated enough, in a position to talk about it, financially stable enough to talk about it. There's a lot of things that go into that. So it's easy for you for people to like say, hey, you better talk about that or you're a bad person. But bro, would you do that if you had that situation? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. So Yeah, I mean, I... Once again, I, I'm not someone like you that has this the name like name as out there as you mm -hmm. do. So I, I I can't really relate, but I understand that there's multiple different facets that come to decision to yeah, talk sure. about something. And then you see so many people that you could. I feel like you can even tell when people are just saying it because they're getting pressured to say it. And yeah, they say yeah. It, and it's it's, it doesn't it's not out. genuine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, of you course, can, of course. I mean, unless you're just half asleep, it's like it's it's very easy to sniff out. Yeah. It's like that's. I feel like we saw that with again. We'll go. I don't want to get political, but the whole COVID situation. So so many names. And big names of celebrities that would just oh, talk course, about it. I'm like, of course. And regardless of my stance, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm like, oh my god, like just fucking sorry, yeah. but it's like, you know how it goes. You know how it goes. Yeah, and it's that's, uh, that's what it is, bro. I, so. I'd rather them not say anything unless, honestly, they're, com honestly, unless they're coming out. Real. I would much prefer someone say honestly out of their own mouth, I don't give a shit, rather than lie about it and pretend to give a shit. Honestly, 
Yeah. I'd much rather hear the first one than the second one. Hundred percent. Right? So you don't give a shit. I'm like, ah, cool. This bread doesn't give a shit. Fine, whatever. And so I mean, there's something like I, mean, I think Jordan got a lot of heat this many years ago, but Jordan got some heat because he wasn't. I think the topic was, I don't know if it was uh, social justice or whatnot, but he got a lot of heat for not using his platform. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a touchy subject. I mean, there are certain situations like, damn, I kind of wish that person would say something. Of course, of but course. That's not my voice. That's not my hey, position. That's, that's, that's not my position. I agree with you on that one, bro. I would say like sometimes I sit down and think, damn, you really didn't touch on that topic. Like you yeah. as a black leader in the community, you didn't speak about that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. But also. It's, it's it's not I'm not him though so yeah. I don't know what went into that I do feel like that yeah. and I feel justified in feeling like that but also I'm not going to come out and be like hey he should have done XYZ because I remember when someone said rest in peace Virgil man amazing person but I remember when someone said they were clowning him on Twitter saying do you remember that when he only donated I can't remember bro but he donated like a chain thing and he you nominate someone and they donate a little oh, bit of money yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know they were clowning him saying is that it is that all you donated like it was a small amount but then he came out and said broski in the background, before I even done this little chain thing, I already donated X, Y, Z amount. More for you now. You shouldn't have jumped out and pointed your finger at him because he was donating all along. You see what I'm saying though? People don't know the behind the scenes and it's like, I, I do a lot of charity work. I sh- literally strive to help the community whenever I can. That's my my thing. That's my ethos. So when I do it, a lot of people say to me, oh, you went and done some charity, but bro, don't post any pictures online. What people don't understand is this. I'm not posting a picture online so I feel better about what I did because I did it because I wanted to do it. I'm posting online so the other rappers who are like me see it and say, oh, AJ's doing that. We should come and do something because at the end of the day, whichever way you get to the end result, which is helping people, I don't care. I don't really care. As long as people get help in the end, say what you want. I posted the charity. I shouldn't have posted it. And if I didn't post it, then they'll say, wow, you're doing charity. It's, it's all a... Uh, catch 22 you see what I'm yeah, saying I mean oh, it's, damn if you do damn if you don't but, exactly. uh, but if you're doing it and it gets getting the result you want exactly. regardless, regardless of the perception it doesn't matter bro it honestly doesn't matter, but doesn't it's, matter it's, bro. it takes balls for you to even have it's, I respect that yeah, yeah. you know it's, it's a big it's a big deal but in regards to um, you know pulling it back to the conversation of like you know grief and loss it was just kind of triggered my thought um, in regards to like how there's you were comparing it to different types of losses, but I always think about loss when you lose someone and, and however you're going to do it. Also, you said Zed. That's a new thing I'm saying now. People, I was saying like, I had to say the letter Z and people said, I was like, should I be saying Zed? Yeah, over here, Zed. I should be saying Zed. All right, that's... But Z is fine. I guess, but now yeah. I'm like, Zed sounds better. There's, there's nothing new to talk about. Sorry, I'm ranting right now. Um, but in regards to loss, when you lose someone, it's, it's, it's always like the grand picture of just loss. You lost that person, but there are so many... I think I thought of this because when people make a decision on what not to speak on, they only get this, they get to see that yeah, much. Yeah. And there's so much more that comes behind of anything course. in life, especially this day and age with social media, mm-hmm. especially you're on the spotlight. So it's like you can get criticized by seeing like 10% of it. And there's so much more that bakes into a decision yeah. and doesn't define the person. Of course. But with loss, it's like you lose that person, that's loss. Mm-hmm. But there's so much, and you can tap into this if you want. So there's so many facets of the loss within the loss. So oh, like, of course. You think of the loss of the physical person, yes. But then there's a the loss of the lifestyle. Yep. There's a loss of having that person every morning. There's a part, the loss of, of picking you up from school. There's yep, a yep. loss of that identity, that that lifestyle. So there's so many other, like, I feel like grieving is not just like one picture. There's grieving so many little things. And it's like, how do you grieve all those little things to heal? It, it, yeah, I don't know if that it, was a question. Yeah, yeah. No, I get, I get exactly what you're saying. It's, it's tough to think about. When you think about that, it really opens up like how much you've lost f- from someone passing. Like it's not just the passing of that person, but all the different ways in which they affected not just your life, but life in general. So, you know, like they have a, they'll probably have a corner store they used to go to all the time. And that, we call it the boss, the boss in the corner store. He's not going to see you anymore. Like he's lost a part of his day. That might sound small, yeah. but it might have been a nice part of his day. You know, they, your friend came in smiling, that person's gone now. Or it can be as small as, you know, you're not finding new songs on Spotify now because that was the one you put, that was your friend who put you on. Do you know what I'm saying? Though? There's little things. There's loads of tiny things. Think about like, that. And you don't realize that until sometimes six months later, 
something that, that song comes out, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. We yeah. used to we used to spit this song together. Yeah. It's like it's those little moments that were the first that happened, the first holiday, yeah. the first this or that. It hurts, man. It hurts. It hurts. It does hurt. And that's part of the project. You could you can go through it and feel it, but then you know when those things pop up, it's like that's that's how you yeah, know. There's yeah. triggers that how you know how you find out how you really feel. How, how yeah, how far you've come because depending on how the trigger affects you, and obviously everyone's different, man. Everyone's everyone deals with everything in a different way. Everything's different. But we're trying to reach the same end, end point, but um, I think. For me, I'm a gamer, bro. I play online games. Like, I'm a real... What do you like, got? League of Legends, GTA, FIFA. Like, I'm a guy. Like, I'm a gamer guy. But what's sad is, like, if you lose a friend and you have them added on a game and, like, their their account will just never be online no more. Do you <sighs> see what I'm saying? It's little things like that, isn't it? It's Literally. little things like that, bro. It's, yeah, it's quite yeah. sad. I remember um, I saw something on TikTok and a guy said he he would play Super uh, Mario Kart and his brother who passed away set the record and he won't beat a record on purpose, so the ghost stays on the track. Oh, damn. Yeah, and he'll race against them and lose on purpose. That's incredible. Yeah, crazy. He's letting some points on the board, then. That's a good friend. Yeah, crazy, crazy, man. Crazy. Sorry, if any, my homies, any of you guys go, I don't know, I'm taking that record. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> nah, trust me. But it's crazy, isn't it, how everyone thinks, because it's little things that you wouldn't even realize that you might have played Mario Kart with your boy, and he set a record, and you play it, and you're like, oh, shit, like, Bro, it's, it's those little, it's those little things. It's the little daggers, isn't it? It's the little daggers, bro. And those things, those, those don't get spoken about because that's the best part of the thing. Honestly, you can talk this, that, and the other, but it's like you, you're not gonna know until you go through it. Like, like yeah. I, I, I've, I've had loss in my life. Almost lost my mom in July, and it was like, I, but I felt as weird as it says, I felt prepped for it. But at the same time, it's like, nah, you can, you can do, you can be a therapist, you can say this, say that until you, get, matter, bro, because yeah. you get punched by Tyson, you're not gonna know how it goes. Yeah, you you don't know, and that's part of it, unfortunately. That's why I think these conversations hopefully gives people a little bit of a. A little bit of a prep, yep. a little bit of like bullet points in your in your in your cartridge, just to like when it does happen, you might not remember it in the moment, but then you pull it out. Oh, AJ said that. I'm gonna relate it right now, and that's why this shit is important to me. I think I think just a good a good kind of like towards the end point, bro. A good yeah. thing for me to say to kind of hammer home how I feel about loss is that um, I think, bro, everyone's different. As I say, everyone's different. But for me, when you lose someone, especially someone who really meant a lot to you and you was really trying to build with or build for. You need to continue building for them so that you're still building together. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You need to build in, in honor of them because that for me, that's the most important thing. You don't want to turn around and someone says, because it does happen, bro. I've heard this being said amongst like some of my friends or, or amongst people I'm, I'm around and they say, oh, why is, why, is, um, why is that guy like, why has he lost all his, he's not zealous anymore, he has no go. And you say, oh, you know, he lost his best friend or he lost his mom, he lost his dad. And you're like, oh, that's a shame. But then your thought in your head is like, so he lost someone he cared about and he just kind of gave up. And you feel sorry for them. It's not, it's a it's a feeling sorry for them rather than, you know, an optimism. The optimism's drained, it's gone because you're seeing them in this state and you're like, okay, they've given up. Whereas what I'd love to see more of from people is like, you know, cool, I'm grieving, but also this person I'm grieving over wouldn't want me to be him open and doing nothing. They want me to be better in myself and going up and up and up. And then you can celebrate knowing that they, they helped you do that. The, the memory of them and what they gave you and, you know, in honor of them, that they helped you go and achieve what you needed to achieve. And I think that's a beautiful thing, bro. I think we've got to turn turn the losses into at least, you know, crystallize it, bro. Have it with you. This achievement I've, I've got is because my friend passed and I've done that in his honor. I ran that marathon. I've got that for life. That's with me. You attach something cool to the loss. You know what I'm saying? Hey Amen. I love that. That's, I mean, that's a perfect way to, for us to bounce out of here. I, I, once again, I want to thank you, dude, for doing this. Of course, bro. Thanks um, for having me. Before we do, if there's any any last words, as I say, before we gather, there's any, like, it's always funny because at the end of these episodes, for everyone that's listened to this podcast for a while, it's like it's the worst transition in history. Yeah. Talking about that, it's like, who do you want to plug? But if there's anything you want to say regardless to fires or what you're doing, or just if you got anything coming out that you want to mention, feel free to use this as your, yeah, not, your own not time. Yeah, nothing to plug, man. Just, you get me? Just 
Have a look at my music, see if you like it, see if you enjoy any of the messages, and I hope you took something away from this conversation. Easy, I know I did. And uh, for anyone that wants to look into AJ, just pop in the show description. You can find, I'll, I'll plug in everything there. And uh, again, thank you again, my man. It's a pleasure to meet you out here. My guy. And uh, until next time, Dead Talks, we out. Thank you. Thank you.